What is going on, everybody, and welcome back to Rookie Ball, the podcast where you want to go if you need to know anything sports. I am always am your host, Phoenix Igus. And everybody, welcome back to Rookie Ball. Last time I saw you guys was on Tuesday, where we talked about the NBA All-Star Weekend. And ladies and gentlemen, just to get a little more serious here, obviously there's not much to talk about in sports. Winter Olympics are kind of going on. The NBA just finished All-Star Weekend. And the NHL is in its slow period getting back, as I said. With all that... Obviously, there's a more important issue right now in the world. Obviously, Russia has just invaded Ukraine, and it's been big news. And at Rookie Ball, we're not a news source here. We're not going to get into and talk about today. We're here to tell you about sports. But I just want to give a send out to Ukraine that, you know, my prayers are out there. You know, donate if you can to help them out. I've already put a few cents in on social media and, you know, just through donation so if you can help out in any way and obviously I don't want to sit here and pretend like nothing's happening but I do want to bring you the news that I promised to bring you guys and that's not about war in the world or you know unpeace or injustice I want to just talk to you guys about sports so let's get into it Not much to report, but I just want to kind of go through, expect this to be a shorter episode in terms of Rookie Ball's usual length of 30 to 40 minutes. We're just going to mostly be going through all the leagues, talking about what's happening right now, starting with the MLB. Now, I actually had a discussion with this about my cousin earlier, who you met on an earlier episode, Brennan Higgis, where as a creator and as a fan... It's really hard to see the MLB where it is right now. We are officially three days, two or three days away from them having to reach an agreement or else the season is completely canceled. So that's really upsetting. As an MLB fan, that's really upsetting because uh, if you don't know, baseball is my favorite sport. As a creator making a podcast, it really hurts my content to not have an MLB season going on. But it is what it is. And if there is no MLB season this year, it'll be very heartbreaking to me. And I feel like the world kind of needs it right now. But sometimes things don't work out how you want them to. If I could give one word of advice, just reach an agreement with the players. It's a it's a billion, multi-billion dollar corporation the MLB is. It's a multi-billion dollar league. Just give in to any needs that they that they're asking for. So not much report on the MLB, the NHL, uh, the season continues to go. As I get more into the sport, I want to do a prediction on the playoffs and who I got my Stanley Cup finals. But I promise as I get more, I've watched a few games here and there. As I get more into hockey and the NHL, I will be posting a lot more content on it. With all that being said, I feel like the only sport I can truly get into is the NBA. You know, with baseball not happening and the NHL in a slow period right now, the NBA is the really one only picking up media traction in terms of sports. Obviously, the NFL trades and free agency discussions have already began, but I'm not going to get into that until immediate big signings, big trades start happening because I know most of my fans are a little tired of the NFL going on. So, with the NBA, for those who don't know, today is a big day for the Philadelphia 76ers. 
because James Harden will be making his 76ers debut alongside Joel Embiid. A lot of people are expecting this duo to work very well together, hopefully make Philadelphia the championship team that they have always aimed to be in the previous years. Now, a lot of people have been asking me if I think that's true. It's hard because I think Philadelphia has had championship level teams that have just fallen short and I have no idea what the reasoning is for outside of last year chemistry has never really been a problem between all of them so it's really hard to determine if this is a championship team is James Harden really going to be that much of a star talent power alongside Joel Embiid to push them to a player spot now that they've lost a lot of depth due to the Ben Simmons trade to give a clear yes or no answer no it's really hard to predict who will make the finals, so I don't think this makes them an instant lock to be an NBA Finals pick, although I do think it makes them better off than before the trade. I think James Harden has become a little bit underrated. He at one time became very overrated. Now he's kind of settled down to being more underrated player, and I think that'll help him a lot. I think he'll have to come from the ground up instead of the heavens back down to the ground. But when you're in such a loaded conference, such as the Eastern Conference with the Bulls, the Heat, the Bucks, the Nets, it's really hard to say that this team is instantly a lock to be made as a playoff team. Or sorry, not as a playoff team, but as a championship team. Obviously, any team at the end of the day can make the NBA Finals, I just don't think the 76ers are the number one team, in my opinion, to make it. Looking at the other side of that trade, as it was the biggest blockbuster of the NBA trade deadline this year, Ben Simmons is not looking at a eventual a debut for the Nets anytime soon. But very good news for the Nets. Kyrie Irving will officially be joining back in games as New York City and New York, just in general, the state has lifted their mandate to be vaccinated to enter a public place so that'll be very good for Kyrie Irving and the Nets to finally get back with the duo of Durant and Irving as soon as Durant is healthy and that should be an exciting duo to watch and eventually hopefully Simmons will make his return and we'll get to see that trio really rolling but for right now the Nets seem very very decent they're sitting at the AC they had a big losing streak but they've added players like Seth Curry that can really elevate their shooting and their depth. So I have some hope for the Brooklyn Nets to possibly go back into that true contention as a championship contender. Now we've talked about my playoff predictions. We've talked about my NBA Finals predictions. And we've talked about my All-Stars. One thing that I've truly been missing so far this year from the NBA is the fact that it is the 75th anniversary of the NBA and they came out with their top 75 players and although I'm not going to go through all 75 players and give my takes on them and players that I think should be in I'm going to do something of the sorts they released their top 10 players of all time in the list and I'm going to go over see if I'd make any changes or possibly rearrange the numbers and I have a list of three players that I think truly should have made the top 75 that did not get a spot and I think it's absolutely ridiculous that they did not. So getting right into it, let's look at the top 10 players of all time in the NBA. Hunter, bang, bang! 
Bang! It's good! So just to read off the top 10 from 10 to 1, at number 10 we have Kobe Bryant, of course, the Los Angeles Lakers legend. Number 9, Oscar Robertson, the triple-double king before Russell Westbrook entered the league. Number 8, we have Mr. Fundamentals, Tim Duncan. At number 7, we have Larry Legendary Bird. Number 6, the most winningest man in basketball, Bill Russell. Number 5, Wilt the Stilt Records Can Never Be Beat, Chamberlain. Number 4, we have the Magic Man, Magic Man Johnson. Number 3, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, right now the leading scorer in NBA history. Number 2 for ESPN, they have LeBron James. Of course, he has to be either number 2 or number 1 on everybody's list. And number 1, of course, we have the legendary Michael Jordan. Now, looking at this list instinctly, I think the top 3 are perfect. I think that's how it should be. It should go Jordan, LeBron, Kareem. And I know a lot of people will say that LeBron is number one, and I completely see the argument for that. A lot of people think just because I put Jordan at number one that I'm a LeBron hater. I completely understand the argument for LeBron at one. Just personally, I base my GOAT off of who I think of when the sport comes to mind, and Michael Jordan is the face of basketball throughout history. That's why I put him number one. So top three, as I already said, is completely fine with me. And really, the only person that I have a problem being on the list generally is Oscar Robertson. And that's no disrespect to the guy, but I think there's players and even recent history that have passed this guy up. If you're truly asking me, career-wise throughout consistency, Oscar Robertson is better than Russell Westbrook. But at his prime, you can't tell me that Russell Westbrook wasn't better than Oscar Robertson. The man averaged a triple-double, which Oscar Robertson could not do. And if you're asking me, they were both the main guys on their team, so you can't make the excuse that Russell was alone on his team. Now, if you were to ask me who should be put in his place, it's absolutely Shaquille O'Neal. In my mind, one of the greatest centers to ever play the game. Shaq, the fact that he's not on this top 10 list, to where is he? he is on most top 10 list of most sources, seems a little wild to me, but he sits right at number 11, so not too much disrespect to the guy. I only have a few more problems with this top 10 list, and one of them has been made very clear by the players in the NBA, and it's the fact that Kobe Bryant sits at 10. And I agree, statistically, Kobe is not the most impressive player of all time, and he didn't play that long. But the man stayed consistent on his team. His championships are some of the highest in the NBA. And the man just screams basketball. Like I said, with Michael Jordan, he's number one for me because he resembles basketball. He's who I think of. After LeBron, number two, Kobe Bryant is number three for who I think of when I think of basketball. And for some people, that might not be the case. But when you ask any NBA player where they rank Kobe, He's always top three. And the only people I haven't seen him ranked top three for are people that didn't play the game. And I get, I am not an NBA player and I'm not even close, but I personally think on terms of impact on the game, it's gotta go to Kobe Bryant at number, he's gotta be in the top five at least. And that really concerns my next point is the fact that Will Chamberlain sits at five, and this will be an argument for a lot of people. Every time I try to bring up this argument, they talk about how Will Chamberlain just did not face the competition most of these guys did. And I think when you're talking about the top players of all time, 
that shouldn't even go into effect. We're talking about the players, and a lot of people will talk on impact, a lot of people will talk on stats. I mostly speak on impact, but you also gotta just talk about how good they were individually. And so the fact that Will Chamberlain wasn't facing the competition that other people were just shows how much better he was than everybody else. The man was a freak of nature. He sets records that will never, ever, ever be beat by any other NBA player ever. I mean, just bring up his most ridiculous one, 100 points in a single game. You can make the argument that there's no video documentation of it or et cetera, et cetera. This man was a freak on the court. The closest thing I've seen to him since then is someone named Giannis Antetokounmpo, and he has the name for it, Greek Freak. Someone who just dominates a court, someone that can just bulldoze through an entire five-man rotation, and Will Chamberlain did that night in and night out, and I think he's personally over Magic Johnson at number four. The final argument I have for this top 10 list, the guy sits at number 16, and I said I ranked my list mostly off impact of the game, and Steph Curry has impacted the game of basketball more than any player in history. And yes, I know that's hard to hear, but I personally think he has. The way this man has changed this league into a complete shooting league is something remarkable. And even if you guard this man for his shooting ability, he will still find a way to destroy you in his finishing ability, or he'll continue to just shoot in your face and still make it. He has created this era of centers that can shoot the ball. He has created an era of non-passing point guards, which was thought unbelievable until a player like Steve Nash or Steph Curry came in. And I'm not saying that Steph Curry should be a top 10 player of all time on this list, but it is a little weird to not see him sit right on the fringe of being up there. Because as I said, if I were to make a list right now, he would be up there. And I think he's a little closer to Magic Johnson as the greatest point guard of all time than 16 to 4. I think that's way too much big of a gap. Obviously, in history, it has been a power forward and center league. But personally, if you're asking me, I think Steph Curry and Magic Johnson should be closer in this ranking than Magic Johnson being considered the greatest player of all time to Steph Curry being put out of that tier of fighting for the number one spot. So I think ESPN did a pretty good job. I think outside of Oscar Robertson, and they put Shaq at number 11, so it was really close, they got the top 10 players of all time on this list. You know, obviously some people can switch numbers around how they want. I agree there should definitely be some changes in the ranking, but what mattered to me the most is that they got the top 10 players on the list and outside of one choice, in my personal opinion, they got 100% on this one. So congrats to ESPN. The problem that I have sits on the very end of this list. So as I said, the ESPN ranked the top 76 players of all time. And there's three players that definitely deserve to be on this list that are not. And I can tell you, looking at the bottom two guys on this list, number 75 being Damian Lillard, and number 76 being Bill Sharman, who I believe created the morning shoot-around. So, I mean, if you only need one thing to tell why this guy shouldn't be on the list, nobody in the world who has played basketball likes morning shoot-arounds. So who are these three guys that are missing off this list that definitely deserve to be there? Well, I'll tell you one of them that I think actually has an argument to not be on the list, but I think personally should. Clay Thompson, 
should definitely be on this list. He's one of the greatest shooters of all time, and I think it gets overshadowed because his teammate throughout his whole career, Stephen Curry, is most definitely the greatest shooter of all time. So we truly forget that Clay is probably a top three, top four shooter of all time, and one of the most consistent and average-wise greatest shooters of all time. And for the fact that Damian Lillard, who has less championships, less accolades, and worst shooting performances season-wise than Klay Thompson, I personally think Klay Thompson should be put above him on this list. The second player who I pretty firmly believe should be on this list, but I didn't do enough research on him to truly understand why, is Chris Bosh. I've heard a lot of arguments for this guy to be on the top 75 list. He dominated, he had a great team in the 2012 Miami Heat, which went on for a few years with LeBron James and Dwayne Wade. And I think a lot of people forget pre-Heat, Chris Bosh on the Raptors was one of the most dominant players. Uh, kind of reminded us of a non-three-point shooting Kevin Love on the Timberwolves. Just a player that I think it's recognized more for their winning teams where they was a where they were a third or fourth guy more than when they were number one guy when they got drafted and truly dominated the league and were very dominant in the way that they played. Chris Bosch definitely deserves to be on this list. I just think he wasn't put in consideration because he kind of cruised through a couple of his championships. The final player that did not make the top 75, who I think is, it's out of the question that he should even be in the top 60 in my mind. Vince Carter, in terms of impact, is one of the most impactful players in the NBA. His dunking ability, and not only that, his drive and winning, and his drive to play the game. Vince Carter was the oldest player in the NBA when he finished his career, and for him to sit and not be on this top 75 list is absolutely really, really ridiculous and really sad in my mind, honestly. The fact that Vince Carter did not make the top 75 list, it's really disappointing because I talked to my brother. My brother is not the biggest NBA fan of all time, but when he was growing up in the 90s, the one player that he remembered the early 2000s was Vince Carter. The man was a highlight. The man was the first highlight in a while since the 70s or 80s he was the first guy to come out and he has some of the greatest dunk contest moments of all time no i'm not saying that makes aaron gordon or zach levine one of the top players of all time but vince carter did it along with actually being a good nba player and he did it all the way until the end of his career so if you're asking me clay thompson vince carter chris bosh three guys that missed out that i think it was pretty upsetting to most people that they did now I know that this wasn't the most exciting episode ever, but I really hope as we continue to keep going that more news will get to come out, more exciting things and more interviews with guests will happen. And hopefully one day we will get to do a video recording of Rookie Ball. But with all that being said, that is all the time we have for today and honestly all the news that we have for you guys. So I hope you guys enjoy your weekend. We will come back on Tuesday when it is decided if we have an MLB season or not. So I will see you guys on Tuesday, and I will see you guys on the flippity flip. Get out of here!